Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind, episode number 43. And if we teach with love and we teach our children to love each other and other people, then they're not only going to be socialized in all the best ways, but they're going to make the use of the knowledge they gain to make a difference for good in the world, which is what I think is the ultimate goal of education. Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. If you are ready to set your mind on fire, then prepare yourself for the Luminous Mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's fire starter is Alicia Humphreys. Alicia is the wife and mother of six children, ages 4 through 17. Her homeschooling journey began at birth when her parents were inspired to teach her at home despite not knowing anyone who homeschooled. She is a grateful recipient of the pioneering efforts and faith that led them eventually to homeschool nine children, all without the help of internet resources, curriculum, or a homeschooling community. She was homeschooled from day one to college at age 16, where she double majored in music and dance. When she started her family, she knew she wanted the same freedom and opportunity for her children that homeschool afforded her. She loves to learn, write, and do anything artistic and creative, study natural health, and read inspiring literature. She's moved with her family 12 times and has helped create homeschooling communities wherever she goes. She especially enjoys teaching youth Shakespeare classes and principles of liberty and government. She lives in southeast Idaho, where she plans to stay put for a while. Motherhood, building community, and teaching her children provide her with constant opportunities to learn more about all kinds of subjects. She blogs sporadically at momsempower.com about finding joy in motherhood and helping mothers to nurture their own gifts and self-care while valuing and magnifying their influences in their families. She also loves helping people nurture physical and emotional wellness through therapeutic light energy, which she offers at the IdahoRadiantWellness.com. She is grateful for opportunities to help families and encourage parents in trusting their intuition as experts of their own families. Welcome, Alicia. I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, we she's actually I'm excited too. She's actually new to our homeschooling community, and so we've just got to know each other a little bit. And I'm just so intrigued that you were homeschooled yourself, and so that's very exciting. We get to see how wonderful people turn out when they <laughs> when they've been homeschooled. <laughs> So I'm not I, perfect, but I hope that I'd be a good model for you. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody who's in any type of schooling is absolutely perfect. So, I've told our audience a little bit about yourself. Do you want to kind of expound upon that? Sure. I you said a lot of it. Yeah, I'm a, a wife of a wonderful man, mom to six kids, like you said. I love to learn, and I love your podcast. Uh, I love what you're doing, encouraging people to take charge of their kids' education and to be empowered to do that in the ways that are right for their families. Yeah. So it's a privilege to be here. I guess I'll just start by sharing what my educational journey was like, and we can kind of go from there. That sounds good. Yeah, that's great. So I guess my journey kind of began at birth. I'm the oldest of nine kids, but when I was born, my mom was 
public school. My dad was actually a teacher at a public school, and they hadn't really thought of any other way. But my mom says that the day that I was born, she was looking at me and kind of imagining the milestones that would come up in my life, walking and talking, getting on the bus to go to school. And she said that she just did not have a good feeling when she got to that point where I would get on the bus and go to school. And she thought, well, what else is there? You know, what else could I do? Yeah, because back in that time, there was there was no charter schools or, you know, there was just public school. Yeah, there wasn't really any other option on the table that she knew of, but she had this thought that she could teach me herself. And she's like, well, is that even legal? Is there anyone that does that? What is that even called? You know, (laughs) there was nobody around that did that. But she feeling that that was right for me. And so she started studying and reading a lot of books and just praying and thinking a lot about it. She read a lot of books by John Holt on how children learn, um, everything she could get her hands on about education and child psychology and how humans' brains work. And she just tried to really trust inspiration a lot. And she started preparing to homeschool me, and she ended up homeschooling all of my siblings. There were nine of us, so that was A big undertaking that she didn't expect to do, but we were all blessed by. She's a very creative person. She's a concert pianist, and she would always spend a lot of time pursuing her own passions and interests as well. So we heard her practicing piano and saw her studying things that she was interested in, and that was very inspiring. And then that also gave her a lot of material to work with as far as things that she could share with us. And... It's a good thing because there wasn't a lot available to her. They don't have, they didn't have homeschool curriculum catalogs and things like that back then. This was in the late late seventies when I was born. Yeah, and what so kind of uh, really come up with it? Well, and uh, I would imagine just the the ridicule. You know, all the questions, and I've actually heard that some of those pioneering parents they would get like horrible letters in the mail and stuff like that. I just can't imagine no, how you, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine how, well. how did she handle that? She did really well with that. I think, I, I mean, my dad got pressure too, because he was teaching at the public school. The school is actually down the street from us and the school principal was across the street and the elementary school principal was next to us. We were surrounded by public school people um, wow. and they would talk about coming over to test us. And she's like, well, make an appointment. And they never came. And <laughs> oh, they could see us at church and see that we could read and that we were intelligent and that we were being well taken care of. And so it, it never turned out to be a stress that I was aware of in my life as a kid. I'm sure that it stressed them out. But they knew they, they had a lot of courage in their decision because I'll they say. had really thought and prayed about it a lot. And they, they had a conviction that it was right for our family. Yeah. And I think that's really important for a homeschool family to have, even now that it's more accepted. Well, and I, if you have that conviction, if you have that conviction, it doesn't really matter. You don't care what people say because you know you're following what your intuition and, and what the Lord would have you do versus what everyone else thinks you should. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing that I learned from my mom that I love. I, I learned a ton of things from her still. She's amazing. And I still want to grow up to be like her. <laughs> but she's just such a good example of really trusting intuition in parenting and in homeschooling. And the fact that as parents, it doesn't matter if you have a degree in teaching or if you are an expert before you start. 
you're the expert on your own kids and they were given to you for a reason. And if you're willing to read and study and work hard and pray hard and really listen to that voice inside you, then you know what's best for them and you'll be able to find a way to do it. Even yeah. if that means bringing in other resources or bringing in other people. We had other people that came in and helped teach us things too from the community and she didn't do it all on her own, but she knew what we needed. That's great. And so she accessed the the resources that she felt that she could. So that's wonderful. So yeah. what, what other advice have you been given that's been really great? Um, I think it kind of goes along with that. I think a lot of it is that we need to be careful not to look at others and their homeschools. I mean, with my mom's situation, she didn't have anyone to look at. And so she really had to trust herself. And that was a challenge. But I think our challenge now at least where I live, there's a lot of homeschoolers. There's a lot of things on the internet. There's a ton of curriculum options and philosophies and methods, and it gets really easy to get bogged down in all the choices, which is a great blessing to have all those choices. But we can start looking at other people and what works for them and think that that must be what works for us. And so I always say, don't look sideways, but look up to God and look within for oh, your I inspiration to know what's right for your family. Yeah. And then the other... The other advice that I love that's helped me through to trust the process of learning and know that every kid has their own pace. And that was something that my mom did really well. She didn't push us. We were all different. You know, everybody has their own gift. And she didn't freak out if one of us was reading a little bit later than the other sibling or if one of us was struggling with math. We just kept doing it until we figured it out. She just we kept... did figure it out. It was more of a persistence i mean she just kept at it is that what yeah. you would like consistency so yeah and just trusting that you know maybe maybe we just haven't found the right thing to help it click yet and we just keep looking for that and we we don't force it so much that it becomes a hate of learning yeah that's really important i feel like i still love to learn i always love to learn i, I don't know if i quite love math yet i'm still learning to be inspired about that <laughs> i'm a real right brain person but I did find inspiration to, to do math when I, it was time to prepare to go to college because I really wanted to get a good score on the ACTs and be able to go to college. <laughs> so, so I guess that's not a real intrinsic motivation, but it was inspiration enough to do what I needed to do <laughs> in that area, at least. But I feel like I love to learn because it wasn't forced on me. It was made fun. It was something that was just part of life and living yeah. and discovery. And that's what I wanted for my kids when I grew up. So yeah. that's why I'm homeschooling now. Well, and I feel bad because I was, uh, I've got the opposite situation where I was in public school and I really didn't like learning until I actually got out on my own. And I've really started to enjoy it as I homeschool my kids. So I, th I think it, you know, it can come later through homeschooling as well. Definitely. Well, I think if, if you are a mom that hates to learn, <laughs> homeschooling can help share that. I mean, it's such a fun thing. Most of the time, I mean, it's not all fun. Sometimes it's a hard thing. <laughs> but, but it can be a really great education for a mom to be a homeschooler because yeah. we get to study, to stay one step ahead of them, and we get to share the things that we're interested in learning, and we get to choose. If you didn't get to choose as a child, you know, it's wide open. You can say, I want to study this, and go get books, and go find a mentor, and, and go crazy with it. It's really fun. That, that is true. 
So what are some challenges that you face and what did you learn from those things? I think the biggest challenge that I face is overwhelm and getting burned out. Um, even though I love to homeschool and I know it was my choice and that it's a good choice, then I can still get overwhelmed. And I think all moms do this probably whether you're homeschooling or not. But I think mainly it comes from looking sideways, like I said, comparing and heaping on all these things that I should do that aren't really necessarily what's coming from what I feel I should do inside or what's right for my family, but I see other people doing all this great stuff and I think I need to do it too. Sometimes I'll overwhelm myself. Sometimes we just don't take care of ourselves very well. It's hard for it's hard for any mom to put a place for herself on the priority list sometimes. And yeah. especially if we're with our kids all day, sometimes it's hard to make time to nurture ourselves. But I found that that's really important if I'm going to show up for them for me to make some time for me. I try to make sure that I have a date with my husband every week and that I have time to work on my own talents and interests and that I have some, you know, because I want my kids to grow up. I want, I want to show them what, what I want them to be, not that I want them to be exactly like me, but I want to be a good example to them and I don't want them to grow up and stop learning and stop pursuing their talents. I want them to continue to learn all their life. So I need to do that too. And I need to make time for it and value that. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and going for a walk. But other times that means I, I make time to write and I make time to dance and study and and that's inspiring to them, even though it takes a little bit of time away. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, I mean, they learn a lot from that. They learn how to deal with, with problems in their lives, you know, and, and if you're not coping with things well, you're not being a very <laughs> good example. Exactly. So. Yeah, well, I, I find that I can't find the answers that I need for parenting and for homeschooling if I don't take a little bit of time to be in touch with me and to meditate and to pray. It just kind of gets out of control. Yeah. So it's important. Yeah, I like I like that how you how you said that. I mean, it does. I mean, you have to to be inspired. You have to be inspiring yourself. <laughs> so exactly. That's, that's great. What are some things that homeschoolers struggle with? Did I say that correctly? I'm trying to figure out what. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I mean, everybody's different. I think we all struggle with balancing our time and confidence. Even with me, even though I know that it works because I went through it and I had a really good example, I still had confidence issues starting out because I'm I'm not my mom and I don't know if I have the same gifts. And I guess it's good that I don't. I have different children and we all have different gifts and different children and they're for a reason. But I think that we have to be kind of gentle with ourselves and realize that we're doing better than we think and not beat ourselves up and expect everything mm -hmm. to be perfect from day one or even <laughs> day 5,000, you know, kind of celebrate the small victories along the way. Yeah. Notice what's going good because there's going to be a lot of things to notice that aren't going right when you're together 24-7. It's just not going to be perfect. Yeah. But the progress that you're making over the long haul, it's small and simple things that they really add up. Yeah, they so do. I would say definitely be gentle with yourself and don't compare yourself or your kids to other people. It's easy to look at what other people are doing and see just the good stuff and not realize the struggles that they have. And, and not to better than you think. Yeah. not to even compare your children against each other. I mean, because everyone, oh, yeah, because yeah, everyone. Yeah, I have a story. 
Okay. I have a story about that, actually. I have children that have read at three, and I've had, I have one that didn't read until he was almost seven. And this is kind of about trusting the process, too, but it's also about comparing. I was lucky to have read the Thomas Jefferson Education by the time my third child came along. This is the one that didn't read until he was about seven. And I was kind of, I think I would have been a lot more nervous about that about him not reading if I hadn't read that book because it really teaches you to trust the process and the natural ways of learning and that it's different for every kid. And with him, it was interesting because I had tried the same things that I'd done with the other kids that had read much earlier to teach them to read and help them to be inspired. And we read books as a family a lot. A lot of reading going on in our home and we would go to the library and get books a lot and he would do that. But he had no interest in doing reading lessons or practicing reading. And he got to where he wouldn't even, when we would have family scripture study, usually we would have each kid have a turn. And if they weren't reading, then I would offer to read a verse with them. And I would just tell them to, the words to say. And he didn't even want to do that. So we stopped even pushing it at all for like six or seven months. He didn't do anything on reading. And That's you know, scary. people are starting to ask if yeah. you're reading, you know, and aren't you worried about that? And I was trying to trust the process and we just didn't do anything with it for a while. And then, but he kept looking at books. He would get books from the library and he would look at them. Some of them didn't even have pictures and he'd look at them, but he would never say anything. He didn't know how to read the word and as far as I knew. Um, and one day we were having family scripture study and he actually asked if he could read a verse. I'm like, okay. And so I started telling him the words to say. And he said, no, I want to do it by myself. And I was like, well, this will be interesting. <laughs> he read the whole verse, and those are big scripture words. Yeah. You know? It's not, not three-letter words. These are whole big words. And he read it. He read almost all of them correctly. Oh, wow. I don't know to this day exactly how he learned. I guess he just kind of picked it up the same way kids pick up how to talk when they're around people who speak to them that he figured it out and within a year he was reading the Harry Potter books and the year after that he was reading the Lord of the Rings books and he's been writing books of his own wow. for a couple of years. He's 12 now and he's constantly reading and writing and doing all kinds of crazy things. But wow, <laughs> but that is a great story. And so he was ready and his brain was ready. Yeah. And he kind of taught himself. And I think we have to realize that every kid has different gifts and a different timetable, but if we can trust it and kind of create the environment yeah. and the opportunities, yeah. then they'll pick it up as long as there's not some major disability that's hindering that. Well, maybe he just wanted to wait until he felt confident to do it. You know, you just never know. That's, yeah, that's possible. That's a really awesome story. Thanks. Before we go on, let us take a minute and hear about our sponsors. Hey, Firestarters, this is Mark, producer of The Luminous Mind. If you're like me, the thought of going out to the store and shopping is enough to make you want to crawl in a hole and hide. If that's you, then do your shopping online through Amazon. Just go to theluminousmind.net, click on the Amazon link, and shop away. Also, most of the books and resources that Rebecca and her guests discuss can be found on our Amazon links as well. Again, if you're like me, you have already accidentally signed up for Amazon Prime. So most of those purchases should have free shipping as well. Good luck.
to the Luminous Mind with Alicia Humphreys, second-generation homeschooler. So how has your relationships been affected by homeschooling? That's one of the things I love the most about homeschooling. Sometimes I don't like it, but most <laughs> days I love it because it really brings the relationships front and center all day, every day. Yeah. So we get a lot of chances to work on a relationship. Um, I mean, I have six kids, and so we have lots of practice working through arguments and learning to get along, which is sometimes not fun. But I feel like my kids are closer and more compassionate to each other most of the time because they do have so much time together and they have to practice that and they help each other and they learn together. They do actually get along pretty well. Sometimes I think, you guys just need to all go somewhere away from each other and then you wouldn't fight so much, but they really don't fight very much considering how much they're together. And they know how to relate with a lot of different people of different ages. And we're not always home either. I mean, we're always going out in the community and we go to classes and we have sports and different things too. But and they have friends over all the time. Yeah. But I think it's important to learn how to get along with people, and that starts in a family. Yeah. A family is a really great place to learn relationship and social skills. And Well, and I'm sure you've heard, <laughs> like I've heard, I'm just not patient enough for that, but really to learn patience. Like you yeah, said, that's, that's a daily, I mean, it is something you're always working on. And if you, if you never have to deal with it, you don't learn how to, you know, you don't gain patience yeah. and you don't learn those relationships. And so I think I, well, I like any more patient yeah. than another person, but I do get a lot of chance to practice. Yeah. And I need that. <laughs> we get lots of practice time. So, and I think getting along with your own siblings is even harder than getting along with people in the world. I mean, I watch my children and they're so diplomatic with, you know, other people. And then they get home and they feel like it's a safe place. It's a place you can really tell somebody how you feel, (laughs) you know, which is is good. Yeah, for better or worse. (laughs) But, but I think they really have to since they're together so much. Yeah, it's lots of practice and lots of I I love what you're saying with that. I think with the parenting relationship, It's a little bit of the same thing, but I have found that I have to remember that I'm a mom first and I'm a homeschooler second. Sometimes it's hard to be both a parent and a teacher, and especially if I'm getting worried about academics and chores and teaching all these things. And sometimes it's easy to forget that there are people and we need to be their moms too. And and teaching is part of being a mom. Yeah. But we have to keep our relationships more important than that academic achievement. Um, I really like a quote from the Thomas Jefferson education that says that love of learning is first about love. That's probably not a direct quote, but basic idea is that it's firstly about love and then about learning. And if we teach with love and we teach our children to love each other and other people, then they're not only going to be socialized in all the best ways, but they're going to make the use of the knowledge they gain to make a difference for good in the world, which is what I think is the ultimate goal of education. I don't want them to just be smart and then go out and use that knowledge to do bad things. You know, I want them to use it for good. And so that's really important to me. Yeah, I I do love that. I mean, sometimes we get really short sighted, you know, as parents, I mean, if they test high, or if they get a good grade, we we're all proud, but it really does matter what they end up doing with that. Ultimately, right? That is great. Yeah, there's a lot of leaders in the world, they've changed the world in not good ways. 
Yeah. And the people <laughs> followed them because they were very well-read and very intelligent and well-spoken and all those things that you want academically, but they didn't have the heart behind it. So that's important. Oh, I really love that. <laughs> that was great. Maybe we should back up a little bit. We okay. kind of talked about... Um, we talked about your personal like um, homeschooling experience, but then we, I mean, you're also a child that, or a homeschooler that entered college at 16, which is pretty unheard of. Do you want to kind of tell us about that experience? And then how did you, how did you make that happen? How did you go to college? So sure. young? Well, for me, I was very, I was a very driven goal setting child from a young age. I don't know that all homeschooled kids are that way. And my siblings have all been different that way. But I I kind of had a goal to go to college early from the time I was about 12. And I, I guess I was a kind of strange child because I, <laughs> I was asking my parents how to write a research mm-hmm. paper because I had heard that college students do stuff like that. And I wanted to know how to write a research paper when I was 12. So they got me a, a college library card at that point and showed me how to cite my sources and find all kinds of good research things, good good spots to research. We didn't have Google at the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> you actually so, had to you know, use was, the, <laughs> the card system. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun for me. I really wanted to do those things. I think my first research paper at 12 was like two and a half pages. It wasn't a real research paper, but I wanted to do big, hard things. I also kind of had this life map that I had come up with for myself. It wasn't my parents' idea and it was kind of silly looking back because my, my life has gone totally different, just like it always does when you make plans, but it's gone <laughs> the right way for me. The sign that I was going to get into college and go at 16, I was going to graduate by 20 and then I was going to go on a mission for my church and then I would meet my husband and then we would get married and have children and I would homeschool them and all that. So my plan hasn't gone exactly the same as what I, <laughs> the way that I set it out. I go to college at 16, and then I met my husband at 18, and I thought about making him wait until I had done all that other stuff. Oh, I was going to be in a dance company as well, so I got to do a little bit of <laughs> But anyway, after praying about that, I realized that the Lord had a different path for me, and so I've received a lot of education through marriage and children and being a homeschool mom, and I didn't actually get to finish college, but I had a really good experience going, and and I hope to finish it again someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, at that time, that was probably, you were kind of an, a novelty, right? I mean, th- nobody was going to college yeah. at 16. Well, I had heard of some people, but I didn't know them personally, and I didn't live near them. I think, for me, I just wanted to, I just wanted to learn more, and I wanted to, to learn from more people, and that was one of my motivations. Go so early, but um, and how did you? I just prepared that whole year beforehand. I spent a lot of time doing the practice tests of the ACP. I put together some portfolios. I actually got a few small scholarships and dance and music because that's what I was studying. Wow, and those were through auditions mostly and portfolios. That it was just something that I thought I would enjoy, and so I wanted to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. And you just you said, I mean. You got into college without an official transcript by high ACT, SAT scores. and Right. And then doing the portfolio, like you said. Yeah, that- and I don't know, honestly, if they really looked a lot at the portfolio. I think that was more for the scholarship committees and those things. I don't know if the admissions counselors actually looked that much at the portfolio and the 
my mom had put together a transcript of things that we had, what we could remember that I had done. I don't know if it would be the kind of transcript they would be looking for now, but honestly, I think that what they looked at most was just the ACT scores. That seems to be the most important thing. And I, I know that they would have asked me at the college that I went to for a GED or some kind of diploma. But at that time, and I think maybe it's still the case in Utah, and that's where I was, you had to be 18 to take the GED. So that wasn't an option. So I just went ahead and took the ACTs, and that matters more anyway. Yeah. Well, and, and we were discussing before I started recording that, you know, what the college, I mean, obviously it's changed quite a bit, and both of us have read different articles that, you know, I think that's one thing that parents worry about. At least that's one thing I've heard a lot is that my kids won't go to college because they don't have an official transcript. But I mean, that's not the case anymore. There's so many different ways that you can get into college. And in fact, do you have any anything you want to add with that? Well, just I don't think it's a hindrance at all. I know that there are a lot of colleges, especially now that homeschooling is becoming more visible. There's a lot of colleges that actually actively recruit homeschoolers. Yeah. Because they can see that they think outside the box when they are innovators yeah. in a lot of ways. And self-driven. So you know, I don't think it's a limitation at all. Yeah, that there's nobody pushing them and and holding their hand through the process. A lot of homeschoolers, by the time they get to that stage of it, they're pretty much on their own. <laughs> so great. Yeah, well, that was something that I noticed even at college. I noticed that there were some people that were definitely there because their parents wanted them to be there and they were paying for their college and they didn't show up to class. And I was excited to be there, and that's how I had felt about my whole education. It was my choice. And I think once you get to college, there's no all monitors that are doing after you if you're not there. And they don't really care if you pass or fail as long as you're paying your bill, you know. Yeah. So you have to be self-motivated. And homeschool can really prepare a kid to be self-motivated and to do well in college. Yeah. So what are some of your goals for your homeschool then? My main goals are to raise kids who love each other and who love to learn and love truth, who love God. And I just want to help them be prepared to become who they're meant to be. And that's going to be different for each one of them. But I believe that they each have unique gifts and special missions to fulfill in this life. And I want to give them every opportunity to do that. That doesn't mean that all of their learning and preparation is going to come from me or that I'm even going to be teaching them all those things. There will be other resources in their lives, but I want them to know how to think for themselves and how to learn and how to find what they need to know and have a desire to do that. I want them to take a responsibility and ownership to their education um, rather than waiting for somebody to feed them knowledge. And I want them to be seekers of truth and have that be something that goes on forever. I don't want them to be like, oh, I can't wait until I get out of school because then I don't have to do this anymore. I want, <laughs> I want it to be something that they enjoy and that they always continue to do because I think that that's why we're here on this earth is to learn and that that should be a joyful thing. So I, I hope that I can model and share that joy of learning every day in my life and that I can continue to do that myself. Yeah, because uh, the modeling makes all the difference in the world. So that's yeah. great. I do have to tell you a story. Uh, before I even really met you, I was in the study room and I was watching your son do some math. And 
I did think it was interesting. You know, I asked him if, if this was a, for a school assignment. It's like, no, it's just stuff I want to learn. But, you know, he, I could tell he was getting frustrated. But he sat there and he worked so hard on that one problem. <laughs> I was really impressed. I'm like, because I would have just given up on it a long time ago. But it was a good hour and a half that he worked on this one problem. But he finally got it. And so he was pretty proud of himself, and I was pretty impressed that he kept at it. So just to I attribute... think I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. he, he impresses me too. I, I learn from him. Yeah, and you know when I don't have as much intuitiveness as far as math goes. Yeah, and, and and it was uh, it was a tough problem. I mean, I couldn't have helped him. Um, one of the other dads in the room, he was like, you know, he was giving him pointers and stuff, and. And I think he took some of the pointers, but I think mostly he just figured it out on his own. And I was like, wow, that was, it was pretty impressive. So, so before we say goodbye, do you have any final words, any final parting words, or maybe a favorite quote that you'd like to share? And then also tell us how we can get in touch with you. Uh, you said that you're a sporadic blogger and stuff like that. So how can we get in touch with you? Okay. I don't know if I have any final wise words <laughs> I'm about that. I just thank you for letting me share. I love to encourage other people. We all need encouragement, and especially as homeschooling moms or anybody, whether you're making different choices than others and in other ways in your life. Just have courage and know that you you can be the expert on your family, and you, you're qualified to do that. So I, that's what I want people to know the most and to believe. You can reach me. My blog is momsempowered.com, and it's been a little while since I've written on there, but it's a good place for me to go and remember the things that I've needed to hear sometimes when I need more courage in my life and when I need reminders to take care of myself and to nurture my own education and passions, too. And then I also have... My other website is idahoradiantwellness.com, and that's about light, light energy, so... They're kind of complimentary. One of one of them's about kind of taking care of your emotional health as a mom. The other one is helping people with physical and emotional health and health in other ways, which are both passions of mine. Yeah. Well, and they somewhat work together. They're, yeah. You have to have both. Well. well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been so fun to talk to you. It's been fun to get to know yeah, you. Thanks for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Alicia, go to our show notes at theluminousmind.net. Also, be sure to become a subscriber to our free email list so you can receive our weekly audio blog, The Spark. We would love to have you join our program. Do so by going to the scheduling tab and become a Firestarter today. Help support the podcast by making all your Amazon purchases through our free Amazon widget on our website, theluminousmind.net. Also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Google+. Get our audio content on YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher. Leave us a review. Tell us how we can help you so together we can continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education.